Welcome to the only podcast that shares the astronomical and mathematical positions of the heavenly bodies. This is Sky Astrology. No, not astrology. This is Sky Astrology via astronomy. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to (laughs) the year, which will be the year of the tiger in Chinese Um, astrology, I guess you could call it. Yeah, it's kind of everybody embraces the years, how they are connected to different animals. And this year is going to be the year of the water tiger. And this begins on the 1st of February. Uh, I myself, I acknowledge the celestial new year, the spring equinox, and that will be on the 20th of March. So what I'm just taking into account today is, of course, wishing everybody who celebrates the Gregorian new year um, into another numerological Gregorian year of 6, 2022. And it has a vibration because everybody says 2022, 2020, these things have their own quality to them. But the most exciting thing that I'm here to talk about today is the new cycle of the sun and the moon at the new moon to the full moon or in sky astrology, we say from the no moon moment to the opposition of the sun and the moon where the earth is receiving the energies between the opposition. So we call it full earth. So I wanted to do this whilst we have a zero degree of Sagittarius, which will be ending soon because it's a very special moment getting goosebumps already. And I'm going to start this year with the podcast being one that really invites people to look up had to up my game i was i was upping you know thinking about inviting children to look up like really how do i go about um spreading the word you know i had in 2020 you know kind of little back burner thing happening not really addressing uh, Western astrology, um, that much, you know, of course saying that it's not the same as sky astrology. Then in 2021, there were a lot of people trying to just say sky astrology was like Vedic astrology or sky astrology was like 13 sign astrology, tomato, tomato, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, okay, to remove myself from that kind of energy but teach what it is because I was like okay this is reflects on me because you haven't clarified what it is Claudette so that's what I've been doing actually uh very much so since um the middle of last year 2021 and there's a lot of really exciting things that I'm going to share about the outcome of that but for this beginning of this new uh, moment 
I will be looking at the differences between what really is happening and what most people listen to what is happening. So how I'm going to do this is I'm going to just look for new moon online and going to find the biggest results that says they say new moon in Capricorn and share what that means and show the difference. I think that's the best way. But we want to start with where the heavenly bodies are. So if you have the calendar, you know where they are. If you don't have the calendar, you can look at the Sky app to find out where they are or other means. But where we will have the um, full moon and the full earth moment, not the new new earth, <laughs> the no moon moment. Sorry, I just went ooh, all over the place. So, <clears throat> we will have it aligned with the second brightest star in Sagittarius. We're going to focus on the stars because that's what astrology means. It's the study of stars or in sky astrology. We acknowledge actually it is the collection of evidence of observation, observing stars. Okay. So when we are observing, we're seeing and quite clearly in the sky we can see certain stars aligning with our day star the sun and of course the moon connecting to that as well and it comes into play with not kind of hearsay about things we're using actually mathematical and astronomical tools to bring to the awareness what can actually be going on. Now, Nunki, I hope I said Nunki, it's non, Bun Nunki, which is Sigga Sagittarius, but Nunki is a really cute word. It's a hot blue white main sequence star. The reason that I point that out is because my observations, which is what Sky Astrology is, has come from looking at alignments in my clients' skies, not from looking at mythology, even though, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But I, because of my experience, following Western astrology for 30 years and then finding it wasn't true, I am very discerning about the information that I receive. I curate a lot of information. It just takes years of reading from different people before the internet, because as we know, you know, the internet isn't what it used to be. At the beginning, I remember the internet was so cool. You would search something and you'd find results from all over the world and now you search something and it's down the street and you're thinking well if I wanted to know what was down the street I would <laughs> look down the street myself so you know everything that you find on the internet isn't always in your favor and unfortunately I believe less and less so so of course there are a lot of ways to collect information but in my humble opinion, 
the time that it takes to verify the information is what is significant. And so in my experience of looking at the relationships that I've had personally myself in Egypt with particular stars that are connected to star, seed information, fixed powerful stars, and at the time I knew nothing about um, this relationship with star seeds. I just knew them as stars that were catching my eye. <laughs> and later on I found out that, oh, I have a relationship to that star. And why did that star keep speaking to me? There's a million of stars in the skies. And, and also with my clients now, part of Sky Astrology Stargazing, they come back with incredible, incredible stories of connecting with those stars. So, yeah, so first I'm going to just talk about what is actually, I feel, important to note. And what's important to note is first is that Sagittarius is a very abundant, energetic part of the sky. It's close to, it is part of the galactic center. And it has, it's the home of our galactic center which is actually at the beginning of Sagittarius and it also is a space that shares energy with the constellation of Scorpio and Ophiuchus and the head and the tail of the serpent. So there is a lot of energy available here and I find sun gazing in December so impactful when it's a chance if the sun is shining which it was this morning. Yay, I could see it. Well, the sun is always shining, but that I could see it. So, and so, um, when we begin this no moon moment where the sun is basking amongst the stars of Sagittarius and especially aligned to uh, the second brightest star, Numki in Sagittarius that is only 228 light years away, which isn't very far. And of course, it's much brighter and luminous than our day star. And stars give off electromagnetic energy and we are electromagnetic beings, which is what is really coming to core, to fore of me helping people to understand why it's so important to look and connect to the stars in the sky and not with the narrative of Western astrology that is like, to, this is gonna be my thing for 2020. There's like <laughs> no more kind of like when you're ready because to be honest, there's so much happening in the world, you know, with people having to make sovereign decisions based on what they believe in, their sovereignty. Right. And so I believe and I've seen that the false information that is available shouldn't be perpetuated. Right. When we perpetuate the lies, perpetuate the lies, that's what it is. And I have no issue with, say, if a Western astrologer said, 
this is not what's happening in the sky you guys this is based on a concept that was put together 2000 years ago and we still use that concept and we know that those stars those heavenly bodies of the planets are not where we say they are as a sign we're talking about signs we're not talking about constellations now some of them do say they're not talking about constellations in the next minute they'll turn around and go this is happening in the sky right now there's even a company called look up to the stars and using constellations so you know it's like okay if you're going to use the constellations use the constellations and then acknowledge them as being constellations and use our beautiful heaven to share that information but if you're going to use constellations but then share the antiquated positions of the heavenly bodies that the only energy in my humble opinion is the energy that we're giving to them is the western astrology ideas and concepts and programs that are attached and that's fine because the people they just are worried and want to be about the western society and all those things that belong to it then that works for you in my humble opinion we're in the middle of a shift we're in the middle of a spiritual war we're in the middle of bringing um, this consciousness, this remembrance that we are truly spiritual beings. People talk about having a human experience, being a spiritual being. Then with that spirit comes the clarity of the energy. And so I think this time I'm going to take... I'm going to take this podcast and I'm going to make references to Western astrology. And you know what I'm going to do? I am going to ask some astrologers, some Western astrologers, if they will do an interview with me. Because, you know, this is the year of I'm going to ask astrologers, right? Because that's also really important because sometimes I have always said they know not what they do they were taught this I mean I followed Western astrology for 30 years but and if there's not the right information then you don't unfortunately really get the just of it so just by going to um, find out the <clears throat> where the stars were with the app or online doesn't mean now you know what's going on. Of course, it resonates perhaps more with you, but if we really want to take, uh, have the opportunity to change and to have this quantum leap and this shift to really get in touch with us ourselves on the cellular level, then um, in my humble opinion, in my biased opinion, uh, Sky Astrology does that because it's coming from a more biodynamic viewpoint and how we share that information and how we teach makes all of the difference. Most people just go to an astrologer and astrologer is like intuitive and she says this and this and this and that's good. That's interesting and that's possible and there's a lot of inference there. But 
when you come to us, we say, okay, this is your learning about, first of all, the zero house. We don't have a 12th house. So that is something that <clears throat> I, as the founder of Sky Astrology, decided to do. But after a lot of deliberations about the zero house, the time in the womb. And that time in the womb is so impactful. You'd just be surprised how much so. So that came last year as well. And with support of the Sky Astrology family, I'd like to shout out to the first person I, you know, presented it to, which was Jilly of the Wake Water Co., the Water Priestess. And so, yeah, I'm really excited to be able to teach people about that. If you just want to know about the Sky Astrology house experiences, which is what we call them, it's not a system, um, reach out to me and I'll send you a link and it's free. Okay, so <clears throat> the next thing I want to talk about, of course, in this case is that we have um, Mars in a focus in that part of the sky at the full moon and the most of the heavenly bodies in Sagittarius the Sun of course with the no moon moment Venus retrograde meaning very slow Pluto 29 degrees and Mercury also in Sagittarius so we have a lot of fire but not only that Jupiter is connected to Sagittarius and Sagittarius is a fire energy. So Jupiter is also connected to Pisces and Pisces is connected to the water energies. So Jupiter is familiar, it's comfortable with the elements of water and fire. Okay, I want to say when it's in another element like it is now in Aquarius, it is an invitation for it to alchemize and have an integration with that element. So in this case, what does Jupiter do being in Aquarius? Well, the clarity for me is the name Aquarius because aqua is water. So we are here in the water <clears throat> of the part of the sky, the ancient part of the sky. And so there's a combination, there's already an alchemized energy of water and air, the air of Aquarius the water bear bringing the knowledge, the information, techno, technological information, or um, the balance of our humanity information into this new um, phase that we are approaching. So in that case, the Jupiter is of course knowledgeable of the waters and that will be where Neptune comes in because Neptune is connected to Pisces and Neptune is actually about to go into Pisces. It's about to return into Pisces because it went retrograde. It was at Pisces one degree, then went back to Aquarius. It's at 22 degrees Aquarius now. 
and Aquarius only has about 25 degrees is it yeah 25 that's well yeah so in February anyway it's gonna go back into Pisces so what the main thing we want to talk about is the journey this is a journey so we're getting ready for the March situation and fire gives energy and water gives remembrance and air helps to keep the fire going so it is good that if we acknowledge that Jupiter is in air because air and fire have a dance together and they can produce a lot of energy but of course that's not all of the story what we can see is that because the north node which is the current karma that means action as well because karma means action in Sanskrit Pallades this is also known as a very powerful part of the sky even though it's in the constellation of Taurus which is of course an earth energy but Pallades also has connection to lightning and rain so all these things actually have different expressions of different elements as we do with welcoming the water tiger in this year if you understand water has is the strongest of all of the heavenly of all of the elements and so there's a lot of memory and information running through the beginning of this new year thanks to Jupiter keeping the fire going giving a lot of energy to it and of course Neptune going to be returning to where it hasn't been for 164 years also at the time that Tesla was born um, that will bring in a lot of intuition and knowledge and so even though we have Saturn the whole year in Capricorn and Saturn just think Saturn went into Capricorn at home it's aligned with Capricorn at the beginning of the global shutdown March 2020 okay so it's still there and Jupiter went in went back retro to see what was doing and now it's knows what it's doing and thank goodness it's in Aquarius and it has <laughs> the fire under the belly the air to keep the fire going and it's great to be able to begin this vibrational, this voice, this air of 2020, you know, because voice is connected to um, our, our expressing our thoughts, right? So also when you have thoughts, it's also air. It's what you can't see, but you can feel air, right? You can feel you wave your hand you can feel the air but you cannot see it so that's why our voices and our thoughts are so powerful that they need to be used and exercised to be able to be felt so when we use the abundance Jupiter is about whoa give it to us lots of it expand talk you know about humanity if you just think of one word Aquarius and you think humanity you're halfway there and the balance between the spiritual and the earth plane so yes here we are with Jupiter being in a space of air 
being in a space of water and the Sagittarius energy is being uh, in being activated by the Sun, the Moon, Venus, Pluto, and Mercury all at once. So this is a useful um, beginning to this 2022 year. So say 2022 as much as you can. I remember writing down 20 and I was like always writing 2020. Oh, and then I have to put the two back. But yeah, let's use that. Say 2022, 2022, 2022, 2022. How does it be? Two, it takes two, baby. Me and you, the two of us. So yes, that is, you know, everything that I want to really bring, make it simple, not complicated, because we are the electromagnetic beings. And we are at this moment now, but we remember, <laughs> I think every time I say that, because Water Priestess says that, where we were 2020, where we, what we were doing 2021. And with the hindsight of that, we say, yes, 2022, we have the information, we, which is air, we have the emotion, we have the memory, we have the intuition, that is the water. We have the fire with this abundance of heavenly bodies in Sagittarius, which is of course connected to the fire element. And we have our proactive node, karmic node, north node also known as rahu in the pallades with the seven sisters and that is the earth and this is what i call in sky astrology the garden we have all the elements we need when we take action and speak our truth or use our voices to expand the awareness and know that we have a garden to prepare for the new year, for the first sprouts to grow, for the beginning to um, start, to really create the outcomes that we want that serve humanity, not serve a chosen few. Okay, so that's the first bit. I'm going to close up with this and then I'm going to see if I find, I'm pretty sure I'm going to find somebody because I want you to notice the difference, say, of how I talked about this no moon, new moon moment for the 2nd of January at 1833 GMT time. That's 1033 PST time and compare it to what I've just talked about. Okay, I'll be right back. So, so I'm back and I've been reading some stuff. I just put in new moon in January 2020 and picked the top results and they come up with so much. I have to say they like seem like brainwashing. I, I, I find it painful to read. I'm going to put the links in the description for this podcast, but I'm going to read just one 
um, right off the bat. It says, the new moon, this is from Women in Home, the new moon in Capricorn, January 2022, promises one thing right out of the gate, change. Then lots of it. The new year is generally a time where resolutions and new intentions flood our minds and we, we're eager for a collective fresh start. This article is written by Stephanie Campos Powell, published three days ago. December ended with a bang with Jupiter and Pisces. The injection of good luck in getting things done that we all so dearly needed. Of course, Jupiter's not in Pisces. The new moon in Capricorn is on January 2nd, meaning that it's the day to write up a list of manifestations you hope to call in and reflect deeper in patterns you like to change. Okay, so this is a suggestion, I suppose, um, based on Capricorn and maybe Jupiter being in Pisces. Hmm. Okay. When is the new moon in Capricorn? New moon takes place at 12 degrees, they say. Uh, Capricorn at the same time that I say because that's mathematical same position um, and that we start a brand new year one of the most astronomical events of 2022 Capricorn is exactly the planet needed it says so why it'll tell you Capricorn energy is industrious driven and goal-oriented this is the perfect zodiac sign to have kick off our lunar cycle in 2022. Okay, then it goes on which signs are most affected by the new moon in Capricorn. Then it has new moon in Capricorn. What does it mean? Well, let's see what they say. New moons deliver new beginnings and act as cosmic seed planting where we put pen to paper and begin to form a plan for what's to come. <laughs> Perhaps it's time to pull some tarot cards, meditate and manifest bliss. Capricorn energy lends that extra encouragement and reminder to think big and deeply about what we'd truly like to leave behind in 220 and what we're okay bringing forward with us in 2022. No dream is too big or too small as long as you put in the work. This specific illumination will be having a harmonizing conversation with Uranus in Taurus, where it is nowhere near Taurus. Well, like one sign in front of Taurus is in Aries aligning with some stars, powerful stars of Cetus in real life in the sky. Uranus is the planet of sudden events, innovation, rebellion, and change. Since Capricorn and Taurus are both Earth signs, it says, the combination of this energy will be more supportive rather than shocking or disruptive. This is the perfect think-outside-of-the-box energy. If you want different results, you'll need to change something. You won't achieve what you want with your current plan of action. It's time to get creative, it says. Aha, the breakthrough moments can appear seemingly out of nowhere under this new moon. It's also important to take a look at the ruler of the moon in Capricorn, which is Saturn. Okay, uh, where do we don't use rulership, right? So it's just ruling Capricorn. So how are they looking at this Capricorn being ruled by Saturn? Right now, oh, because they say Saturn is in Aquarius. Okay, so how does that work out for Saturn? 
Okay, it says forming a tense aspect with Uranus and Taurus. These two planets are at odds and stubbornly, fiercely charging after separate agendas. Saturn prefers to keep the status quo as it is and Uranus begs to differ and is adamant that change is be implemented. So while the overall energy of this moon is potent for setting goals and bringing those dreams about in the tangible world, it may also feel like you're literally fighting an uphill battle. Don't lose sight of your long-term vision. It's your perseverance, adaptability, and ability to innovate that this lunation will reward you for. A continued effort working towards all of your wildest dreams. Let's see how the new moon in Capricorn will affect your astrology birth chart. I think it goes on to separate and say for Aries, you're this and this and this. Okay. So yeah, that's a pretty good one to start with for one of my, my first kind of um, trying this out. I won't make this long drawn out. So basically first talks about <clears throat> the fact that um, there is a alignment with Uranus and the sun, but the mathematical alignment is that they're 120 degrees apart, but also to make it really simple, they both are in fire signs in the true sky, but in the Western astrology, they're in earth. So let's look at the difference between fire and earth. Okay. First of all, we have been in the part of the sky where we have Venus, we had um, the solar eclipse in Aphrucus, which is in the galactic center, aligning with the stars of Scorpio and Sagittarius is what Aphrucus is. It's literally between Scorpio and Sagittarius. That's where it was. And the Western astrologers, all astrologers work with midpoints for a reason, because there's energy there. Okay, so with thinking about how we are looking back, as they say, we're looking at the journey and taking into, a, into consideration that, you know, these were impactful solar eclipses, right? Okay, they've always been life-changing. Then we, of course, would kind of see clearly when we say, okay, a focus we had at on the 4th of December, and then we had the end of that cycle, that last new moon cycle was a focus to a focus, sun in a focus, moon in a focus, and then a focus closing on New Year's Eve. And now today we have Sagittarius, and that's where the sun and the moon will meet again in this associated space, the galactic center, very fiery, powerful uh, part of the sky where water and fire energy um, alchemizes together in a way to create this fifth element, to create plasma, to create two elements that coexist together because water and fire normally will not coexist together. Be one will wash out the other or the other will hide, you know, um, evaporate the other. So this energy 
how do we work with the reality of what's going on in the sky? First of all, we say, well, how long are we there? Well, the sun is in Sagittarius for 33 days, but also before it was in Sagittarius, it was in a focus for 18 days. And before that, a little bit in Scorpio. So it's been, and it's in the galactic sun. So there's a lot of fire and our sun is a fire energy, right? The sun is associated with Leo and this is fire energy. So the sun is at home and comfortable in Sagittarius where it is and where it has been for almost half the time. So it's been there. Um, we're going to have it at 15 degrees and it has it's almost halfway through. It's in the middle of Sagittarius. So it's been halfway there and it's going to still have 15, well, 18 more days ago to be exact. Okay. So that tells us that the sun is comfortable, the fiery sun connected to fire is comfortable in the Sagittarius area. And compared to say the sun being in Capricorn, Capricorn is an earth energy. The sun is a fire energy and this needs a different treatment. This needs a different treatment altogether. And the treatments are different in the sky astrology way of looking at them. But I don't know how they would look at that because they're just saying everything's in earth. But the main thing, okay, so then I just want to go on with the Jupiter and Pisces because the Jupiter being in Aquarius, right? And alchemizing with the fire that it is, is different kind of, um, alchemical reaction than the Western way. So if we're talking about energy, so we're talking about energy in the truth in sky astrology. So we have the air of Aquarius and also a little bit of water, right? We have the air of Aquarius connecting with the fire of the sun in Sagittarius and we have to say Venus is in Sagittarius Mercury's in Sagittarius only Mars isn't but Mars is in the Fuca so it's also water and fire so there's a lot of water and fire in this part of the sky and also Uranus is actually in Satari's just got to say it Satari's it's Cetus and Aries it's an area we call it Satari's in sky astrology only in sky astrology if you want to know more about that you need to ask about it, not just use the idea. Okay, so here, because it's more involved than just saying it. Okay, that's why I said that. So <laughs> let me go on, I'm going rambling today. What I wanted to say about these different alchemical reactions is that when you have a sun that really is connected to fire and is happy when it comes into the part of sky where it doesn't have any challenges because it is aligned, it is used to the energy there. It's a fiery energy. And so it can really go about producing and creating more energy, which Jupiter helps it to do being an Aquarius because Jupiter is connected to Sagittarius. So, you know, Sagittarius is part of this fire that is happening in the in its constellation from the sun. And so 
the Aquarius air and of course being in the ancient sea. So let's think of like a, a, a moist air, more like, like maybe a bit humid instead of like a dry, dusty wind, right? So we have that, and it's going to moderate that a little bit, right? It's going to be more slow burning than say it was a dry air coming from Jupiter because Jupiter means abundance, a lot of air, a lot of it, a lot of ideas, a lot of how are we going to save humanity ideas, to be honest. And you know, that's, I got to plug this for a minute. Nine times out of 10, when I read these things, and I don't read a lot of them, but when I do, it's always talking about the person, just that one person in your life, like you don't live on a planet that's been under like <laughs> this kind of strange transformation and rulership that's affecting lives and children in the future. Like, oh, it's just another new year with intentions and you're going to do that and you're going to have that job and you're going to have these dreams. Like, is this anything about the real world? Like some people don't have the same job. Some people are thinking, what other job can I have to keep my sovereignty? Some people are having to close their um, eyes and um, feelings to family members or other people who think differently about them but to what's going on around them just to keep functioning because we all have a heart we are really collectively going through an interesting global uh, change and to just make a national public article about your life for me, seems a little bit short-sighted and sad, to be honest. So that's why I found it so challenging to read that, right? You know, if you want different results, you'll need to change something. You won't achieve what you want with your current plan of action. It's time to get creative. Who says that to anybody anymore? Maybe... You know, yeah, that was Western. Maybe my parents even said that, you know, or like, you know, like go out there and get it, do this, do that. You know, it's like, but when we did that, we were creative. We did all the things we tap dance and did all those things. And then boom, we found out that that job doesn't exist anymore or that job won't exist in the future and that the robots will have it and that we have automation AI and that, you know, artists are being creative, but nobody has any more, um, you know, well, not nobody has anymore, but I'm sure that the art industry uh, for creative arts and for the new art world is challenging now because there's less money in that. Okay, there's good you know, artists have to go to go and do NFTs, but still it is a shift. It's not just, oh, do this, do that. It's more hopefully, and I feel that it's so clear about the energies of Jupiter, just think Jupiter abundance, expanding. So yes, the air of expansion is here. Expanding how you look at the world, expanding what you're gonna do with your life, how you're gonna be a part of humanity because in Sky Astrology, we are, con we are focused on why we came back here and we know it's not just to help ourselves, period. Otherwise, we wouldn't need to come back to the collective 
we came back to contribute. We were given life and abundance in the womb. And we come here to meet our soul family, to do our soul's journey and to be of service, to be the change that we want to see in the world. And this world needs a, a little bit of awakening change. So that is really one of the crumbs for this first episode, one of my pet peeves about the mainstream Western astrological forecast for these times like the new moon or as we call it the no moon moment in sky astrology which can be seen look at the sun today use your app i did it today the sun is shining amongst the fire only saturn is in capricorn and jupiter is in aquarius and we are here to understand the electromagnetic energies of what that means and keep it simple. Just remember we have the garden, you have the air, you have the thought and the ideas of humanity, how we want, what we see, what we value, what we miss about our human life of connection and hugs and carefreeness. We have the energy that we have um, because we have a new year to say because 2020 has been a, a bit of a challenge. 2021 has been 20. So we're like, yes, 2022. It sounds like, yes, give us the energy. We got this. We got this. Fire, fire. Yes, we know what we're doing. We have been through a lot of different changes, a lot of different frequencies, and now we have this 2022 where we're starting in this numerological fresh beginning, right? So, and to know that this 2022 is beginning in a fiery part of the sky, in the cosmic womb, that for me, is the birth of something, especially knowing that the true sprouting of our endurers happen in March when the true beginning of the celestial year is. It's really coming back to nature. And this is so clear as well, let me say. So many of us are doing things that go back to ancient practices, meditation, yoga, spirituality, all these holistic living people, if you eat organic food, then why isn't your astrology organic? And it's really easy. You just look up, you learn your constellation. You don't even have to use an app. You do need a place where you can see the stars. I confess. But you can do that too, right? So this is my first podcast. I might have to rename the podcast. Mm, I'm tempted. Anyway, thanks for listening. Lots of love from me. Have a fantastic, conscious, energetic beginning of the year of the Gregorian year. Say 2022 as much as you can. Know that it is a year where we will be expanding our activities 
for Humanity. That's Expanding Activities Fire for Humanity, Jupiter, Expansion, Aquarius, Humanity. Really simple. Anyway, there's more to come with that. There's some things that will teach people how to speak sky astrology. So yes, this is kind of a first mini lesson. Okay, I've rambled on enough and I'll be back in a couple of days probably. Yes, because I have to get the calendar out. Um, yes, I'll come back and I'll talk more about the calendar next time. Okay, take care. Lots of love. Cheerio.